Well, a very happy new year and welcome back to The Messy Table, an ordinary space that connects us and reminds us that God is at work in our mess. So if we've never had the chance to meet, my name is Jen Jewell, and today I'm also joined by my adorable friend and co-host, Amy Groeschel. And we have the honor of hosting this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast where we get to highlight an incredible woman and a fresh perspective and how God has shown up in her life on the first Tuesday of each month. Although, if you can keep a secret, today is technically the second Tuesday of the month. Because of the new year, we thought we'd give it a little more time for us to all get back to work, back to school, back in the swing of things. But good news, the second Tuesday of the month is just as good as the first, and we are genuinely glad you're here. Y'all, we are partnered with women of our Church Life Church, where we are also huge fans of the YouVersion Bible app that is literally in our back pockets for free, whose mission is to encourage and challenge people like us all over the world to connect with God every day. But before we jump into this episode, I just personally want to remind you that the God who made you and made this world around you loves you. And so do not give up on Him, on yourself on the people you rub shoulders with every day, even when they're being impossible, even when you'd rather just curl up under a blanket and disappear. Let's pause for a second and remember, it's the second week of January, which means some New Year's resolutions are losing steam and the excitement of the holidays are over and it's cold and most of us are low on vitamin D. And every year about this time, I say, I wanna move someplace warm, but together we can remember Jesus's words that in this world, we will have trouble, but we can take heart because He has overcome the world. And so whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're walking through right now, whether it seems silly or serious, I want you to hear this phrase, embrace the traction. That's right, embrace the traction. And I'm gonna let our amazing guest today explain just what that means to her, because she's who I learned it from. So make a mental note and I promise we'll circle back. But with that said, Amy and I are so excited for you to meet our gorgeous friend, Michelle Meisner, who is a wife and boy mom, both biological and adoptive. And both Michelle and her husband, Jonathan, are longtime staff members at Life Church. Currently, Michelle serves as the Campus Leadership Central Team Leader, unofficially known as the Chaos Coordinator, which I love, who basically does it all from supporting our directional leadership team to making sure things are running smoothly at our different locations. And let me tell you, it takes a special person full of wisdom and discernment and humility to coordinate all the things. But even more than that, what she does doesn't compare to who she is, which is a faithful follower of Christ, a hands-down overcomer, and just a straight-up boss. And as a side note, when we invite women to come on this podcast, we are typically focused on one of two things someone with a powerful story that will point us back to Jesus, or someone with an incredible heart and kingdom perspective that will point us back to Jesus. And Michelle 100% is both. So I actually cannot wait for you to hear from her. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join Amy and me for a chat with Michelle. Amy, I always love co-hosting with you, Michelle. So honored you're here. So, girls, welcome to the messy table. Thank you. Good to be here with Michelle. It really is. Michelle, oh my goodness, I am really eager to have our audience know all about you and hear so many details about how God's been working in your life and your family. So first off, before we hit that, tell us the highlights of Michelle Meisner, your, <laughs> um, all the details. All the details. Oh, well, 
I am obviously a Christ follower wife to Jonathan for almost 16 and a half years now. Yay. I am a mom of two boys, one biological who is 12 and then one adopted who is six. They're both Mm. so cute. Oh my word. So cute. And things I love. I love CrossFit, music, writing, poetry. I'm kind of a weird one that likes organizing stuff. I just, on a random Saturday, will just find myself organizing. Lifting ways, adventures. I actually really love clean cars, dogs. Mm. You know, just your typical. My car needs help right now. We have a ministry for you. you. Invite me over. Uh, I love that you said CrossFit and poetry. That's so perfect. I'm just, you know, a good conglomerate of all the things. How's being a boy mom? Boy mom. I always, you know. I didn't expect or see myself as a boy mom. Mm. I always wanted a little girl too. And so, yeah. but I'm like, maybe God's just holding out and I'm going to have all the grandbabies someday. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah. I love them. I couldn't see it any other way. You and know? you've adopted one. I mean, you I could eventually one. have a girl. Oh, at this point in life. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think I'm good. Oh, you're like past oh boy. That season. Oh my. Yeah. I guess you never know. You never I, know. I do have a really sweet friend who is in my stage of life who just they actually just adopted a baby. Oh, and so wow. you know, anything is possible. That's right. Agreed. Well, now you're at the six year gap mark to have <laughs> another child. Twelve. Right. Six. Yes. It's perfect Zero. because you have some bigger ones that can like help take care and okay. protect. Let's a just little stop with that. We've got you this know, plan got for plan. your family. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're running off. <laughs> boy with this, mom like, is great. Invisible we love. Narrative. We love your boy mom life. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Okay. So it's the new year. Do you have any like rhythms or anything that you're thinking about a word of the year? I do. So for 2024, my word this year, I wasn't looking for it, but I feel like God just gave mm. it to me. And those are the best as yes. we know, um, is rivers. Mm. Wow. And I think think what's been just impressed upon my heart is like, this is going to be a year of many mighty rivers, hmm. meaning the way that I look at it is I love going to Colorado and I was once sitting by a stream and God spoke to me about rivers. So him and I have this thing about rivers. Hmm. So um, he was like, the water only flows by these rocks one time. Hmm. It's only going to pass by that tree one time and its entire you know, lifespan of the water, the river isn't coming back. It's not coming back upstream. Hmm. So your life is but a blink. So you have one opportunity to pass by that rock, to pass by that Hmm. tree and make a difference. And it's going to water that tree once, but then it's gone. So he's like this year, I think you're going to have lots of rivers, meaning blessings in your Hmm. life, but then Hmm. also you're going to have more opportunities to make a difference just in this one little instance. And you might just have one time, but you can take advantage of that one time. Wow. So that was my word. (laughs) That's already got a rich. whole sermon going. I know. Preach it. That's so good. Rivers, we'll see. Michelle, we are so thankful to know a little bit about how God has worked in various hard struggles in your life. We know that this is why we're the messy table. We want you to have the opportunity to share some of the powerful testimonies of the ways that God has worked through those those struggles, those messes. So would you? Oh, for sure. So crazy enough, like when you say messy, I love it because Mm -hmm. there's nothing about life that's ever gone according to plan. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times in our minds, we believe this is the way it's going to be. I just know this is, I have a plan. I'm going to, you know, have 2.3 kids Mm -hmm. and we're going to live 
and suburban wherever. Mm-hmm. And it's going to look like this. And that is just not how my life ever quite literally has gone to plan. Mm-hmm. But looking back, I wouldn't change any of it. And that's mm. the beautiful part of it. The crazy and the wild. So I will say right off the top, I feel like sort of a phoenix in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if God's just made me more resilient, but I just enjoy rising from the ashes. Mm -hmm. And so there's just something in me that's just deeply set, just like give me a challenge and let me rise from it. So I grew up with a family that supported me. I knew I was loved. Definitely. Met Christ as a child, found my own deep relationship with Jesus in college, and then also met my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, After that, We had a child about five years into our marriage. And then shortly after I was diagnosed with MS unexpectedly. And I think I was a little bit in shock because I didn't know anything was wrong. Mm. And I didn't really know anything about autoimmune disease. Like, honestly, my childhood was so good. And I guess maybe I was shielded from knowing people got sick on the regular. Like, I just Mm -hmm. thought you have the flu or cold, but no one really has sicknesses that kill them. Not really. find out like Um, if you weren't, didn't think anything was wrong. Right. So after my pregnancy, which of course didn't go according to plan Mm. (laughs) at all and my birth, which didn't go according to plan, the um, the details of that, like I won't get into the details, but I guess after I had turned like not blue or whatever, but my, my skin wasn't the right color. And Mm -hmm. I like was in so much pain and they didn't know why. And so then I started having all these symptoms Mm. that didn't make sense. And I think over the course of that one year, it sounds ridiculous, but I think I saw 19 doctors or something, different doctors. They would refer me to each other like, well, you need a heart doctor. Well, for this, you need to see an ear, nose and throat doctor. Well, for this, you need to see, I mean, I went to every doctor. Could this be like, I mean, not triggered by pregnancy, right? Or the symptoms could have been? Well, yeah, MS, learning now what I know, a lot of people are diagnosed with MS after they give birth. And really? it like does trigger mm-hmm. something in your body, maybe related to hormones. I'm not exactly sure. Okay. But like it does trigger something that was maybe like dormant. dormant not saying that just it, comes yeah. alive uh-huh. somehow. And so, so the 19 different doctors right. was trying to get to the diagnosis of MS? No, like no one knew I had MS. Like they yes. were trying to diagnose the symptom or whatever, mm-hmm. but I just had so many symptoms that it was like, you're playing whack-a-mole. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, well, you know, you're kind of dizzy. Let's, you, maybe you have vertigo. Yeah, let's go to say, this what doctor. Were your symptoms? Um, let's see. I had vertigo. So one of them that really stood out to me was like, I had this burning in my left leg mm-hmm. and it really got worse. Like when I blow dry my hair, it would like, my leg was on fire. I was like, I can't even touch it. It, Like I was like, Oh my word, my leg is literally feels like it's on fire. So, but only when the heat would make your body um, reaction that way. And now knowing what I know now, I'm like, well, heat exacerbates things with MS. And so that makes sense to me now. But at the time I was like, what is the deal? Or like I'd have numbness in some of my, in like my right arm Um, There was one day I woke up and I was putting on nail polish and it was just red nail polish in one hand looked gray Mm -hmm. and the other hand looked red. And I was like, I am losing my mind. Mm -hmm. But one of my eyes went colorblind for a second and like it didn't 
register what? the color. Wow. And so I guess that was a symptom that sent me to, of course, an eye specialist. And they wow. were like, well, you ha- I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like, I don't know if it's optic neuritis, optic neurosis, something like that. Just I'm like, really what sorry for whatever I just got leg. wrong here. It's so interesting that it took so long for someone to diagnose. How do you get diagnosed? So for them to technically diagnose you and find out, you go to a neurologist and you get an MRI with contrast. And I think the issue was the first time my doctor gave me an MRI, but I guess it didn't have the contrast in it. So you mm. couldn't tell so MS, there's white spots in your brain, mm. lesions, but you can't see that if it doesn't have the contrast. So then I got a second one and I was like, well, I got an MRI. Of course, I don't need another one. But I got a second one and it was actually by the guy who I saw about my eye, ironically. Mm. And he's the one who was like, ma'am, I think we have a bigger problem. So it's ironic that like that's how it was found out. Mm. So it was not even, it was like an optic neurologist that figured it out. It wasn't even like my normal doctor but I was devastated and crushed and I was googling it and they say don't google it mm-hmm. and I googled it and, and how then, old are you at this point when you find out uh no I'm gonna guesstimate because I'm not great at this 24 because mm-hmm. it was after true it was born yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so pretty young and I was like okay well I guess that's it I'm gonna have one kid and then I guess I'm gonna die mm-hmm. like I just I went to the worst <gasps> really? case scenario oh. Because if you Google it, you'll see people, you know, with like disabilities and they can't walk and a lot of them are in wheelchairs and they have trouble remembering things. And I just, you always take it to the worst case scenario, Mm -hmm. especially because I've been struggling for the whole year with all these symptoms. I was like, well, I'm not doing well at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, that's not like how it's turned out to be. Mm -hmm. And so God's really brought me through that. And that Um, was 12 years ago now? Yeah. Wow. And I will say there's four different types of MS and I, I don't have to like, I don't know if everyone cares about all the different things, but the one that I have, I believe it's relapsing remitting, but you can have a symptom and then it goes away completely. Hmm. And then you can have a symptom and then it goes away completely and you'll get better and you'll feel fine. Um, but I haven't had any progression in the last, I guess, six years. Wow. Like at all. And And what does that do to lifestyle change, medication, all of the above? Right. Yeah. Fire. So it's due to, I have the most amazing doctors. Um, I feel just so blessed. They're truly like world changing neurologists who are coming up with medications. And I've been invited to studies that aren't even out to the general population. Hmm. So I was on the medication I take now. Um, Ocrevus is what I take. I don't know if that matters to include or not, mm-hmm. but I, was on that two years before it was even released to the general public because Mm -hmm. I got to be a part of the, like a hundred people that Mm -hmm. got to be a part of this test study group. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I just got the most, like, I just felt so loved by the Lord by Mm -hmm. that. When I was like, you helped me before, you know, it was even available. Like you cared that much. And so, and it clearly has worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's worked very well. And so I asked my doctor, cause he was always joking with me. He's like, I'm going to have a cure for you, Michelle. By the time you're 40, there's going to be a cure. Mm-hmm. And so I asked him last time I was in, I was like, doctor, like, are we any closer to like a cure? Because he was like, I'm hoping one day your kids will have a vaccination and no one will have a mess in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, um, to be honest, if there's no progression and you're living a normal life, wouldn't you consider that a cure? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I have to say, like, that's a good point. Very good perspective. Yeah. That's a very good point yeah. you make. 
So that's wonderful. Now I've heard bits and pieces of your story before. So I know that there are some limitations or restrictions with some of the medicine you're taking that kind of ties into you having kids and all of that. Would you maybe elaborate on some of that? Sure. So one of the side effects of MS, you do really well during pregnancy. It's like your body naturally is like, I'm protecting this baby at all costs, Mm -hmm. which is exactly how the Lord, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. um, intended it. But then afterwards, whenever your hormones like reset, I guess, after birth, it's like 10 times worse. So Mm -hmm. it's really... Um, risky to have more kids. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to give misinformation, but this is just what I have learned. Mm -hmm. Um, It was more risky for me anyways, to have more kids. And my doctor talked to me about it. He's like, you can be off your medication because it's not something that's researched enough. You don't really want to be taking something if you're trying to get pregnant just to be safe. Um, And so I was like, I would have to choose to be off medication. It could possibly go back into all these more symptoms or disabilities. Mm -hmm. It's a risk. Mm -hmm. And then if you did get pregnant, it would probably be fine. But then afterwards, it's going to be 10 times worse hmm. for you. And so do you want to risk disability again? So it's just a lot yeah. of to think about. Mm-hmm. So me and Jonathan decided, like, we're going to try for like a year and a half. We're just going to try. And whatever happens, happens. And then that's our window. Like, that's just what we felt. So right you were about. off medication trying for a year and a half. Yes. Hmm. And so it was really stressful, which probably wasn't helping the, the process at mm-hmm. all. Because yeah. I know your body is like protecting you at all costs if you're stressed out. So... We're trying so hard. We're like, well, it wasn't hard to get pregnant with our first son. I mean, this won't be any big deal. Mm-hmm. And I did get pregnant, mm. actually. And it was the very last month of our one and a half year window. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is awesome. God answered my prayer. I was so grateful. Mm-hmm. And then um, we had a miscarriage at, I think it was week eight mm-hmm. or 10. Mm-hmm. I can't remember for sure. But it was crushing. And it wasn't necessarily because, I mean, miscarriages are horrible however you slice it because your hopes are high mm-hmm. you love this child mm-hmm. and we had waited and prayed and like it's been a year and a half and we finally got pregnant on the mm-hmm. last month we had agreed was possible but it was more I grieved that one deeply because it wasn't just like this baby isn't going to work out it was like this is the end of mm-hmm. babies yeah that we're going to even try for naturally. Yeah. So it was like mm-hmm. grieving and then grieving. Yeah. So yeah. that one was hard, but, um, Jonathan and I had always talked about adoption even before we had our first son. And so we were like, well, after a little while, we're like, I really just think let's just try that. Let's mm-hmm. just try to adopt. It'll be something new. Like we don't know what we're doing, but we met people who've done it before. We got advice. We, there's lots of different options. Yeah. There's a lot bajillion ways you can adopt. And for different mm-hmm. reasons. And so, but for us, we get this question a lot too, um, from other moms, actually. They're like, hey, you know, are you going to take a child in foster care? Yeah. Like, would mm-hmm. you consider that? Mm-hmm. And we decided to do a private adoption. And we we actually got quite a bit of flack for that from some people. And I mm-hmm. think it's not because they're trying to be mean-spirited at all. I think mm-hmm. there's just a misunderstanding of why we did it. Mm-hmm. So it's not because we care about kids less that are in hard situations. Not at all. We felt really strongly that we wanted to partner with a birth mom mm-hmm. who was choosing by her own choice mm-hmm. To give this kid up because I just think that's incredibly brave and courageous. Yeah. And I just wanted to support her and have an open adoption to where she felt loved and supported and could still be in relationship with our family and mm-hmm. feel like like accepted mm-hmm. part of our family. Um, and ideally 
And I know it's not always ideal, yeah. but the goal of foster care is to reunite them to their right. parent. Now that right. doesn't always happen, right. but your and goal you was for that. adoption and to partner with a bio mom. Yes. Yeah. And so I think my heart was a little bit more of like, I want a relationship with not just the child, but the birth mom. Mm-hmm. If we're going to go through all this, like, can we love the whole family? Mm-hmm. I love that's that. great. Like, I want to love the kid, but mm-hmm. can we love yeah. them all? So that's just why we went that way. And I just think it was perfect mm-hmm. for our family. But so we went through that process and um, we actually got matched with this sweet, sweet, oh my goodness, this sweet girl and her boyfriend. And she was pregnant. We met them at this like Mexican restaurant. Mm-hmm took a picture with them. We had a name. We were just waiting for this baby to be born. So um, she had picked you. Yeah. She had chosen our family and we met them. They were like amazing people. Mm-hmm. How well, long did you before baby walk was with born? them a little bit? Yeah. I, if I'm remembering right, it was about four months. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was towards maybe towards the second part of her pregnancy. It wasn't at the very beginning. I think she had a couple of other kids and I think it was just a situation she couldn't afford mm-hmm. to raised the child and she was really, really young. And so bless her heart. I think she was just doing what she knew. She was living with her, uh, one of her boyfriend's moms. Mm -hmm. Like it it was just like not the most Mm -hmm. stable environment. And I think she was just doing the best she knew how. Yeah. So we met her and we felt just like we loved her so much. Mm -hmm. So we named this child. We come home. We were going to name the kid Jetta. That was mm-hmm. Jetta Love. That was going to be her name. Mm-hmm. We had stuff like her nursery was ready, a whole closet full of clothes, wow. decorated, girl, everything. So excited. And I always wanted a girl. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, sure, this is going to be so much fun. Um, we get the call. She's in labor. So we take our other son to grandma's house for them to watch him. And while we're heading there, they call us and they're like, um, I'm so sorry. She's changed her mind this isn't going to go through. Wow. And so that was crushing. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, it was. I mean, when that happens, is it just cut? Like the ties are cut. You don't go up to the hospital and welcome the baby. Oh, Uh, no. Yeah. It's just just over. It's just over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's no, she's not going to go wishy-washy, change her mind again. No. I mean, I guess she could change her mind and call us back, but that's really Mm -hmm. unlikely usually if they're... At the very beginning. And I mean, on one hand, of course, great for her deciding to be a mom. And it is her choice. Like it is her child. Right. But so it's like we support that, but it's also really hard. And yeah, it's tough. And I think the hardest part is knowing we knew her story and we knew how hard it would be. And we knew like, how are you going to even afford diapers? Mm -hmm. Like, I want that for you. Like, how can we help you? And I think... In my heart, I wish all that I could have ever seen was just like a photo of this kid. I was mm. like, I've never even met her. And I was just like head over heels for this kid. Yeah. But I have to remember, and me and Jonathan got to a place. I was like, no, God loves this baby more than we do. Yes. Like yeah. this child's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and God's going to help. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't always have to be us rescuing. And we had just had to let that go. Did you ever know her name? From- uh-uh. No, nope. it's nothing. just like. Legally, you're cut off at that point. Yeah. So. That's tough. Yeah. We, so we took a break from adoption. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, can I have a second? What was the break? We was took it? a little break for like a month or two. We were like, can you take our name off the list? Like, we'll be back. We just need a minute. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I have to like 
I'm going to need to take this stuff down. And like this room needs to be neutral again. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just belonged to this child. Mm-hmm. And that so now it's incredibly doesn't. challenging. Yeah. To take those clothes back or give them away or whatever you did, like you yeah. said. And we had people give us gifts. Yeah. And I'm like, do I give the gift back or mm-hmm. what do we do? So what did you do? Um, Yeah. Some of them, like if it was like diaper stuff, we kept it. But I'd be like, thank you. Or mm-hmm. the gift. I don't know. Would you be fine if I donate this to someone yeah. else who's having yeah. a child? Oh, I'm sure it's adopting. Yeah. Yeah. But after that, we so my child now, oh my goodness, he is adorable. We got a call. I'll never forget it. I was sitting at my office at work and I have this girl, Mallory was my caseworker mm-hmm. and she called me cause her phone number is always obviously saved. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my word, Mallory, she never calls. So I was like, hello. And she's like, hi, Michelle, I have some news for you. And I was thinking like, I know why you're calling me. I know why you would be calling me, but like, just spit it out. <laughs> and she's like, well, your son is here and he is actually already born. <gasps> What? And I was like, okay. So okay. Have you put yourself, maybe I missed that. Did you put we yourself, put ourselves back, back on the list on after the list. about two months? Okay. I believe. I think that was the timeline. Um, so with adoption, usually the way that it was working, usually you partner with a family going into it. But in this case, I mean, sometimes a birth mother will connect with them after they have the baby and realize like for whatever reason they can't keep it or they aren't able to for wow. whatever reason and they'll connect after. And that was that story. Wow. And so... He was eight weeks old when we got him and brought him home. Wow. And do you, in in hindsight, do you think, sorry, that it was kind of good that it happened that way? Because if you had had the front side of it, you would have been like, is this going to fall through again? But this time you didn't know. Yeah. So it was kind of, it was kind of nice that I didn't have to wonder. Yes. (laughs) For months and months and months. Because you're right that it was a little Mm -hmm. bit, it would have been a little bit of a hard, anxious thing. But he was here. Yeah, tell us about him. So he is the sweetest, most hilarious, joyful, charismatic, funniest, outspoken, going to be an entertainer child you've (laughs) ever met in your entire life. He is like the joy of our family. Like, I need him as much as he needs me. Mm, that That's beautiful. just how it definitely is. He makes our family better in every way. Looking back, I'm like, man, we were so boring without mm. him. <laughs> it's so much better now. Um, now but that's if the truth. that first adoption would have gone through, you mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have gotten Axel. So, I right? know, yeah. Because it was how many months later? Yeah, it was like two months later. Wow. Wow. I know. And I just like to think of him not in my life. I can't imagine it so mm-hmm. it's just always God's plan mm-hmm. way bigger than my plan exactly yeah and one of the great things that came from that actually was <laughs> the relationship surprisingly with his biological grandmother hmm. um her name is Ruby she is the most joyful person you've ever met in your life she'll call me on the phone she's like Michelle sweet angel baby how you doing (laughs) and she just calls just to check on me she remembers everyone's birthday in my family she sends cards to my other children she sends me mother's day cards that's precious she tells me um how much god's working in my life and how perfect i am of a mother for axel and Mm. like she can't imagine any other way and that just means so much knowing like you're speaking on behalf of like your own you know bloodline daughter yeah. and you're telling me these blessings and she's like oh no god picked you from the beginning of 
Aww. The day that Axel was even born, he knew before the creation of the world that you'd be his mother. He knew from the day he was born that you'd be his mother and you're the perfect one. Wow. What a gift. Like she has been the most pivotal person in the relationship with me and Axel and mm. Jonathan, our whole family, really. Wow. And what about the birth mom? Do you have relationship with her? Yeah. So how I'd originally hoped for it to look isn't how it looks now. <laughs> so There's a theme, theme. There's a yeah. theme in your life. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't really go as planned, but she is like the sweetest thing ever. She's actually the most beautiful lady and she is really kind and caring. I think it's been more difficult for her to walk through an adoption than she first realized. And so while we talked a lot at the very beginning, now it's a lot more. We'll exchange pictures and mm. texts around the holidays. And like, she'll say things like, oh my gosh, I love you. You are amazing. Thank you so much for me. Like, I look mm. up to you, mm. all those things. But then at the same time, like I try so hard to just remind her how valuable she is. And like, you've done everything possible to provide for your family mm -hmm. and you're doing a great job still and you are so mm. supported and loved in like yeah. everything mm. so please reach out definitely keep us in the loop of how things are going um we've had an opportunity to like with her other she has another son um he's even come over to like hang out with us at our house and stay That's the weekend cool. so she's really open to stuff like that i think at the end of the day it's just hard for her to watch uh her other biological son grow up not in her home and I actually like really relate to that and get that so I yeah. I honor the space she wants to have there sure. so yes. wow but yeah. she's lovely and as he gets older that could be really neat to watch grow like some right. of his relationships with another sibling half sibling and all of that yeah and grandma ruby of course she'll bring um axel's half brother she'll bring him to like he came to his sixth birthday party recently oh, and you could great. just tell it makes his day that's cool wow and there was one little thing that this is just sum up grandma ruby in a nutshell we call her grandma ruby mm -hmm. um i was telling her i was like you know thank you so much for coming you have no idea how much this means to me that you're here mm -hmm. um I know there's things that are going to happen in Axel's life that he would have had differently in a different cultural setting. Cause I don't think I've mentioned it, but Axel's black. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a cute little black kid too. He's, he's so cute. Oh, yes, he is. Yes. He's and, absolutely And darling. our family is definitely white. So <laughs> he, um, we try so hard to surround him with diversity and people that look like him in our life group. We have lots of people of different colors in our life for sure. Mm. But I was just explaining to her, I was like, thank you for coming. I know sometimes I feel like I don't do a good enough job of having enough diversity in his life, but I'm really trying. Yeah. Mm. I was talking to her about that and she interrupted me. She goes, I don't ever want to hear you say that ever again. Mm. Listen to this, Michelle. She's like, do you know that your house is what heaven looks like? Mm. She's like, do you know that God doesn't care? She's like, he needs all different people of color to like live together and work together. Mm. And it just doesn't matter. Mm. I love that she is still able to be in your life and his life and pour into you and pour into yes. him. She just sounds like an absolute She's gem. amazing. I like That's I say so she's cool. a gem, but like she'll say things like, she, did you know that like he's growing up in a house that looks like heaven? She's wow. like, I can't ask for a better gift. Mm. We all need an aunt. You all Grandma need a grandma, grandma Ruby. Ruby. You just don't even know. Yes. You do. She's precious. What so. a gift. So all these unexpected turns mm -hmm. in your life, I mean, it's like you started at the beginning. Nothing has been as you had anticipated, but we know there's so much beauty that's come out of the hard. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to know, like, speak on 
the emotional toll of walking through this with your health, this with the family, ups and downs with the adoption, and how God brought things around emotionally and spiritually and strengthened you. And because it's clear that, you know, you're not sitting here in despair and <laughs> yeah, hopeless. Yeah, you're so sure. full of joy. Yes, for sure. Well, Yeah. When I talk about hard things, I even think like, gosh, I hope I don't feel like I'm complaining because Hmm. it's just... No, you're giving us the facts. Yeah. It's just like part of my life, but there's the good and the bad and you kind of have to take both of it. And so I guess I've just learned we're all human. Everyone has stories Mm -hmm. and maybe I don't mind the hard times because it makes me more relatable to other people Mm -hmm. and God can use that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the joy that I see in it. Um, of course there's times when I'm on my knees and I'm like, God, why? Like, seriously, is this my life right now? Or like, Mm -hmm. why can't you take it away? Why can you help me? But then I always go back to Romans 8, 31 and 32 is a good reminder for me. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God's for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, and all these things are more than conquerors, you know? And so I just have to remember, even though it can all seem so self-focused, it's just not about me Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. It's Mm -hmm. just really not. Like, how's God using my story to encourage or strengthen someone else? Mm Mm-hmm. And if you have that mindset, it's just really not that difficult to just move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Just what's the next best thing I can do right now? Mm-hmm. So interesting because you say it's really not that difficult, but it's so clear that you are so grounded in mm-hmm. who you are in Christ that your identity just overflows yes. from that. And there's a strength in that foundation mm-hmm. to where you are able to shift your perspective. And I think, I mean, man, I can think of so many women who feel that they've been like sidelined mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. chronic illness, autoimmune disease, by different messy situations in their life, infertility, adoption, loss, mm-hmm. whether it be a miscarriage mm-hmm. or your failed adoption. Like those are all things Mm. that can take people out to where they're just, you know, stuck in Mm -hmm. kind of just the heartache of what they've been through. And yet you've gone through these things that are incredibly challenging and your perspective is just so different. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, I think my beliefs about like hard times were distorting my reality sometimes of what was possible because I was too focused on the little to see the big. And so whenever I shifted my mindset to Mm -hmm. see God's bigger picture, Mm -hmm. that helped everything. So one of the ways God does that for me tangibly Mm -hmm. is like, and how I get through that and maybe to where I've grown in that is whenever I'm questioning God or like, why is this so hard? Because I know we've all been there for me anyways, he starts questioning me back mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. And yeah. it's like what he did with Job in the Bible. And I'm like, okay, I see here. Yeah. I see what's going on. But I like, know, and it gets kind of yeah. sassy sometimes. Yeah. Like <laughs> some of the questions I'll hear from God are like, why do you need to know the plan? Do you trust me? How can you trust me if you have to know what's next? Have I not proved myself faithful to you in the past? What Mm. if my plan looks different from yours for reasons you may not understand? And who created your life? And why were you created? Mm. And so if you just (laughs) allow God to speak to your soul, Mm. you get put in your place pretty quick in the best kind of way. Mm -hmm. He's just like, let me remind you how big I am and how little this problem, it seems big, but how little it actually is in the scheme of things. Mm -hmm. Not to diminish how hard it is, but just I'm big. So trust me with those things too. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think mm-hmm. I've just learned in that way to trust. That's so That's good. good. And you're wrestling, obviously, in prayer to get to that place. Like, notice everyone that she's saying, I am asking God why. And so there's lament and there's wrestling and struggle, but it's running to God. You're running to God. Mm-hmm. And then in that stillness and waiting and abiding that it's just so clear it had to have been happening, you were able to hear these redefining big picture, you know, trust anchoring questions from the Lord that, you know, recentered you and and reframed, you know, your days, your life and your situation. And so I just wanted to highlight that because it's not just Michelle's great because she knows Bible things, you know, mm-hmm. and she's a Christian and goes to church and <laughs> right. does the, you know, the Christianese dance. She is abiding. She is wrestling. She is going to God. The Lord uses our trials, right, and brings us to our knees sometimes. And you clearly became more of a woman of prayer because of that. Uh, is there anything else like spiritually that you've noticed that has really grown you in mm-hmm. ways that you've grown and matured in mm-hmm. your faith through walking through all the things you have walked through, are walking through? Mm-hmm. That That's comes good. to mind. Yeah. So... This was a journal entry. I love to journal and write, you know, poems. Um, CrossFit (laughs) poetry. Right, right. CrossFit poetry. Um, A journal entry that I recently had, I was writing on resilience. um, And I put, resilience is failing at something enormous or minuscule, either way. And instead of giving up, showing back up to try again and live through it stronger. Mm. But God's with us in it, which is the whole point. Um, So... I would say I love how Romans 8, 18 kind of ties into that. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And without all the hard things, all the present sufferings that I went through, God wouldn't have been able to use me in such a powerful way to relate and minister to others. Yes. Um, And quite honestly, to reveal his glory. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and for that, I'm grateful. And if that's the cost that it requires of me, I'm willing to pay it. Wow. wow. I'm just willing to pay that price because like life is measured in moments and I can share my moments with someone else struggling in their moment. Mm-hmm. Mm. 100%. And it's so fascinating what you said about resilience because we can't develop resilience. Like we know this, but mm-hmm. we can't develop resilience without going through hard things. Yeah. If right. we never faced any hard things, we wouldn't be able to build that. Yes. Right. But. We don't want to go through them. Yeah. And you have some big rocks in there. Like <laughs> we don't want to be diagnosed with MS. We don't want to have a failed adoption. We don't want to have someone tell us that we really shouldn't have any more kids naturally yes. because of this diagnosis. Like those are some really tough things. And yet right. those things have developed so many character things, resilience, perseverance. Sense. Yeah. They make us inside yeah. of you. Mm. Um, so you journal. I do. I love it. Is that mm-hmm. how you maybe process some of mm-hmm. the struggles? Therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. My own personal therapy. I think I just, um, I relate to God best when I write things down hmm. and I can focus more on what I want to say. And yeah. it always starts out really boring. It starts by like, hi, Lord. And I'll just start writing and I'm like, well, this is not going anywhere. And then the <laughs> longer I talk and the longer I write, it starts pouring out of me. Wow. Cool. It just starts. I mean, I have pages and pages Aww. of journals and they are so real and raw. And then it turns into 
so much self-reflection and Mm -hmm. thought processes that wouldn't normally maybe I would think of on my own but like for whatever reason when I write it down my mind thinks differently yeah so that's just like a way that I relate to God yeah I found to be helpful for me man that put tears in my eyes I just a beautiful part of that is the practice of stillness that you have to be still Mm -hmm. and take the time to Mm -hmm. ponder meditate Mm -hmm. right to get to the place where you write you're well, self-aware. Like who's self-aware nowadays? Who's taking the time to be still, to become self-aware so that you can then begin to pour out your heart mm-hmm. before the Lord? I mean, that's beautiful. And uh, some of us do that and some of us don't. So, you know, I be will, encouraged. I will say one benefit to journaling that I never realized that I appreciate now is like as a mom or just a working adult or a person in 2024 in general, <laughs> There's so many things pulling at your attention all the time, but I found that like when I can journal with a pen and a piece of actual paper, I can only do that one thing and it mm-hmm. focuses my mind in a way that nothing else can. Yeah. Like if I pray, my mind can still wander on <laughs> yes. other things, yeah. but yes. if I'm writing it down, I can only do the one thing. That's good. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's how I focus in so well with my prayers yes. to the Lord. And why I enjoy it is because it's the only place that I feel like I can focus in on that one thing. Yeah, that's good. So that so, helps me. Yeah. I think that's cool because a lot of you have New Year resolutions and some of them might be to journal. And yeah. listen, this is uh-huh. great encouragement. Mm-hmm. And you get a new notebook, you know. That's always fun. <laughs> I know. Yes. New pens. Yes. Yes. It's <laughs> important. Yep. I don't know how many of you have done this though, to where you get a new notebook and you're so excited and then like you start and then you I start you know, strong. A oh. few pa- yeah, a few pages in, then you're like, I need a new notebook because it's been months. And yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I do that. Just yep. me. No, no, it's me too. I remember Guilty. one Multiple time getting notebooks. a new notebook and then one of my kids was little and like <laughs> On the first page, I said something about like progress, not perfection. And then like page two, my kid like had scribbled over half the journal. And I was <laughs> like, I'm going to stick with this journal. Here's Dang my it. point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing I want to just highlight is that, you know, we're talking about part of this practice is reflection, self-awareness, and I'm sure it induces thankfulness and worship and all of those mm-hmm. things. But I also think you mentioned wrestling, asking the hard questions. Earlier, you mentioned Mm -hmm. not being afraid of a challenge. And I think some of those things are so important, especially Mm -hmm. for, I mean, for all of us. Mm -hmm. But I think this next generation coming up as well, they don't always, maybe some are more comfortable with it, but some don't always understand, I think, like how important that is to our faith Mm -hmm. to really step into the hard questions, to ask the hard things, to wrestle, to say, Lord, like I'm disappointed right now. I'm angry right now. I think those are really important. For sure. Something that I talk about a lot and uh, journal, ironically, about is embracing the traction, meaning like you are so right that you can't be scared of the challenge and the hard things. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like, so traction is produced by friction of one rough object coming into contact with another rough object until they work together to move forward. Mm-hmm. But until that happens, they're both stuck. Oh, yeah. Oh. So yeah. to have traction is like you have to go through the hard thing to get better. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes the best thing you can do is just not stop showing up. Mm -hmm. Like your kid is messy or life is hard, but like the best thing you can do is just keep waking up and trying again. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes that's holy. Just keep trying. Just keep showing up. And like 
embrace the traction. Like you just have to see it differently. It can be like the most horrible day of your whole life. And I can't believe this would ever happen to me. Or you can see it as an opportunity Mm. instead of an obligation. Mm. Like this is my opportunity to get better today. And Mm. it it really, really is hard, but Mm -hmm. God's given me this opportunity to get a little bit better or rely on him more. Like you could see it as a gift. It's just how your perspective looks. I almost see like a fire in your eyes when you say this. It's something that I've not ever known or seen in you, Michelle, just like she is believing what she's saying and she's she's lived it. Mm -hmm. So the perseverance, the endurance, Mm -hmm. the resilience, all these things, Mm -hmm. the faithfulness in that, it's obviously a trait like you're not scared of challenges, like you said, that's developed very strongly in you. Like what gives you that fire, the passion in that, like other people would shy away and, and grimace from the thought of those types mm. of words, but you're like fired up by it. What's the deal there? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just don't know why I have developed this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I just choose to be an overcomer. I think I just choose it. Um, maybe that's probably why I like CrossFit. <laughs> so I know it has a bad <laughs> rap, right. but honestly, like it does. here's an example. Well, some people think like, oh, this is so hard. I can never do oh, that. Okay. These yeah, people like are just camp. like, yeah. yeah, it's boot camp every day. I will never do that. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think I just like, honestly love it. And I've never found in this explained so much. <laughs> I've never found something that I enjoy as much working out as much as CrossFit, because I think it is you prove to yourself that like, I'm going through this really, really hard thing, but I can do it for 20 minutes. Like I can do this horrible. It doesn't feel good on my body. It's not the most exciting thing. I don't want to do a hundred burpees or whatever we're doing box jumps and pull-ups and all the things. And I'm sweating and it hurts, but get up and do it Mm -hmm. like, but keep going. And I think that just developing some grit Mm -hmm. and like maybe over time, all of the times I wasn't able to give up and I couldn't give up has mm-hmm. just developed enough in me to where I just don't know how to give up. You choose up. not to. I just choose it now. That's it's just good. part of me. That's so good. But it had to be practiced. I don't think I was always that way, but I have just learned yeah. that from all of the times I've had to choose it. Well, and what Amy was saying that we kind of see in your eyes, I feel like it is so genuine and mm-hmm. it is so authentic. It's like your faith, what you've been through. It's very real inside mm-hmm. of you, which mm-hmm. is so beautiful, especially in a world where I feel like so many people, they want to put on the facade or they want to fake it mm-hmm. till they make it. And it's just more overflowing naturally out of you because of what has been developed in the fire, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's been refined in the fire. And mm-hmm. then now what's come out, I guess, more pure and tested and genuine, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. That is so kind. <laughs> I guess I don't always see it in people. I guess you don't always see it in yourself. I guess because yeah, you live with yourself. Um, I don't know. I just thought this is how people probably are. I don't know. Yeah. But that's, yeah. God's helped me in so many ways. Mm. Okay. So I know there's so much here that we've just kind of touched on and there's so many layers and we mm-hmm. just can't cover it all. But I know even today, right now, because we were talking about this before, that there's mm-hmm. still hard things. Like it's not just wrapped up with the bow. Like there's hard things for all of us in our everyday life. Every day. And so touch on where you're at right now. How's the last month been? Oh (laughs) yeah. Let's just talk last 30 days. Right. Oh my goodness. So if you want to feel more human, my last 30 days of my life, let's see our family. We had to completely rip out a shower that we found black mold Mm. and then re completely redo the hall closet 
And of course, that leads to testing other things. And so, mm-hmm. well, did now, you get a new shower? We did. In the process? That's kind of so fun. <laughs> so I know. But wait, hold on, there's more. <laughs> so then we, I go in there the other day. You can't make this stuff up. I'm not kidding. So they just like finishing touches on this shower we've been waiting for. Well, um, I go in there the other day, Jonathan wasn't home and I just hear this dripping and I was like, <gasps> you know, the different drips and you're like, well, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like anything familiar. It wasn't related to the shower. So this is not the contractor's fault by any means, but like the underneath the sink was gushing water and there's this waterfall coming out in the sink and it had like a half inch of water <laughs> on the bathroom floor. And I was like, there's no one home. What the are we going to do? Bathroom the being same attacked. bathroom. I know. I was like, what are you kidding me? And I, I got tenacious. I mean, you know me, I am tenacious. I was like, no, not today, not today. <laughs> and so I get in there and I'm trying to turn the water turn off the water. and turn it off. I mean, I finally got it. And then Jonathan comes home and he's like trying to tighten the bolt. So it doesn't come off again. He's like, I don't know how you did that. I couldn't get it any tighter. Mm-hmm. Did you do that with your hand? I was like, my honey, bare hands, honey. honey, adrenaline rushes are real things with women. Okay. That's right. Yes. So we had that. And then we've had when they're looking at some stuff with our house they found like hey ma'am you know you might need to get checked you got a hole in your roof i don't know but i could see inside your attic so you you need to get that checked out from the storms i was like oh okay will do and then jonathan i mean it's like you get call after call after call well then jonathan's truck coming home the other day his engine went out in his truck Mm. i was like what are the odds of all this happening in one month Mm. And then we had so much sickness this month. Like mm-hmm. my dog was sick a couple times, which Aww. turns into like a disgusting That's mess. No fun. And yeah. then she's older and I'm like, please don't nothing wrong with my dog. And then my kids have had the stomach virus. From the pit of hell. Respiratory things. The next month has to be better. <laughs> it has to be better. I just don't know, honestly. Yeah. We've had some, you know trauma response issue type things we're handling with the youngest son. And so we're in the midst of that. And so I'm just like, Hmm. Lord, please. Mm -hmm. But there's just so much to look forward to. You know, that's not today. Mm. And so all that the stuff river. is going to be taken care of. Yeah, there's a river coming. The river, maybe the river's arrived. And maybe we'll go by it once, but it's going to pass by too. Well, in a world of highlight reels, I love that you started out by talking about that a lot of your life hasn't gone according to plan. And I think so many of us can relate to that because, you know, you, you see the highlight reels, you see the magazine covers and you just feel like, am I the only one sometimes? Mm -hmm. Like, am I Mm -hmm. the only one going through these weird, hard things? (laughs) Like maybe it's not even some huge thing or maybe it is, but it is relatable. And it is a good reminder that not everything always goes according to our plans Mm -hmm. and not to sound too cheesy or cliche, but things are always going according to his plans. Like he Mm -hmm. is the invisible, not always invisible hand in the background. Like he's always working. And I think your life is definitely a testament to that. Do you think when you look back, Mm -hmm. uh, for example, the failed adoption, but then you wouldn't have adopted Axel as an example. Right. Do you think when you look back, you see his hand more clearly? Oh my, yeah. I just see it all along the way. Mm. It's just it's beautiful because there's no way you can predict what's going to happen, but it just builds your trust when you're able to look back and see all the goodness and the blessings and the ways he's like orchestrated your life. You can't help but trust more. And it Mm -hmm. like, it builds every day based Mm -hmm. on like what you have done. I trust what you will do. Mm. Oh, so So good. good. Yes. Oh, I just see 
God's faithfulness in your life and your confidence in Him is such a highlight in hearing your story. Michelle, I know that you have a lot of cool resources for us. Would you um, share some of those with us? Oh, for sure. So some of the things that I have been listening to have helped me lately, and I'm really into some music right now. Um, Blessing Offer. I love some of his songs that are out. Corey Asbury, Ryan Ellis, and then JJ Heller is always a favorite too. Mm. I love her. And then some books that I really, really have loved are Strength to Strength by um, Arthur C. Brooks. Um, It's a book about the first half of your life might look a whole lot different than the second half of your life. And how do you embrace that well? So I think it's been really good for me. Um, I always love The Will of God as a Way of Life by Jerry. I think it's Sitzer. Sitzer. Yes. yes. I love that one. book. I've read it, I want to say, three times. Like, mm. it's just that good. Really? Okay. Highly recommend. I need to um, add that to my list. Imagine Heaven by John Burke. If you want a big perspective on how small we are in this very big life, it's an amazing book. And then... One that really helps me with my kids these days and has made me a better mother, honestly, is called Good Inside by Dr. Becky Kennedy. And it is amazing. Mm -hmm. I love the book. I love how she thinks. I love the advice she gives. And she's actually really spot on. So that's great. Do you do more reading or listening? I do more reading. Yeah. But again, I think it comes back to the focus thing. Like why I like journaling. I like yeah. reading because I can just focus on the one thing at a time. If I have a road trip or something, I love being able to listen audibly, of course. Yeah, that's true. That's great. I will but do both. I do feel like I focus better with an actual hard copy. For sure. Yeah. I do audible and all those things too. Yeah. Michelle, I've just been so encouraged uh, listening to you share some bits of your story here. The layers like Jen spoke about. Uh, Our listeners, you know, they're also going through their own hard, messy ups and downs. Mm -hmm. What's a word of encouragement that you Mm -hmm. would like to leave with them? Okay, that's good. I have two things. And if I could just make it really simple, the first one is pray for wisdom. Mm -hmm. I would just say, I think simply asking God for wisdom is the most untapped thing. Hmm. A tool that you have that you might not realize, and it's like a present waiting for God to give you, but you have to ask for it. Mm. Um, James 1, 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it'll be given to you. So I would just encourage you to literally pray and ask God for wisdom mm-hmm. because I found that he will give it. The second thing would just be to embrace the traction. So working through the tough things so you can move forward don't shy away from those things and the rough patches because getting through them is what creates the resilience and it's when Christ's power works best in it and he works best in weakness and then the strength is created in those moments so um, just to leave you with this 2 Corinthians 12 9 and 10 says but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you my power is made perfect in weakness mm-hmm. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Mm. And um, so don't give up fighting. Don't give up asking God for his wisdom. And don't quit. You can make it. And he's going to help you. Mm. Mm. We're all in this together. 
Michelle, when I think of you, I just have such respect for you. And mm-hmm. I think of you and Jonathan as just such a staple in our church yeah. as people that have just been faithful and who have persevered and just a quiet strength that you have truly just shaped so much about the way that we do ministry at Life Church. And so you guys are amazing and mm-hmm. we're just so grateful for you. Well, thank, thank you for you. sharing today. Mm-hmm. So, so much for having yeah. me. It's been such a joy. Yeah. The strength to strength, I think that book title that's you mm-hmm. and your family thank you yeah that's such a compliment. good word yeah we love you it's been awesome to hear your story thank you so much thanks all right friends well all of the resources mentioned are linked in the conversation notes don't forget to connect with us on instagram at the messy table podcast and Remember, you can subscribe for free, however you like to stream, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. And if you push that little subscribe button, then you don't have to go searching for it each month because it comes straight to your phone. And last, as you head back into your week and into this new year, don't forget that yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess. Mm -hmm.